Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 397 for Tuesday, the 28th of April. <laughs> 2015. Notice the eyes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice I'm, to see you. Nice to see you. I'm Sasha Duratus. Hey, I'm Robbie. And uh, tonight, we are going to learn how to move a WordPress website from one host to another. Also, Dennis Kelly is going to be taking us to PenguinCon. You want to stick around? We're going to be hearing from him in just a couple minutes' time. Excellent. And here is what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Researchers have figured out a way to use the existing touchscreen of a smartphone to detect if the person answering the phone is you by the shape of your ear. A high-tech signaling system that will eventually control all of Britain's trains could potentially be hacked to cause a serious crash, according to a scientist who advises the government. About 1,500 iPhone and iPad apps containing an HTTPS crippling vulnerability that makes it easy for attackers to intercept encrypted passwords, bank account numbers, and other highly sensitive information. I missed a word in that. Two amateur... <laughs> I'll clear that up in the news. Two amateur astronomers have launched a model of Star Wars X-Wing vehicle into space. And HyperX has announced the arrival of its Savage SSD for the premium and gaming laptop market. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. I thought maybe in post-production, I'll just superimpose my own voice filling in that word. <laughs> so whatever oh, the one word that... The. That makes the sentence make sense. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. Category 5.TV is a member of the Tech, po- tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Check it out. Did it. Dennis Kelly was at PenguinCon. This, uh, this past weekend, and uh, he spoke with Jason Kreidner from Texas Instruments about the BeagleBone Black. BeagleBone Black. And uh, I'm excited to hear all about this product. So here is Dennis Kelly coming to us from Michigan. Hi, this is Dennis Kelly. I'm from Category 5. We're here at the PenguinCon 2015, and we're going to be talking to Jason Kreidner here about the BeagleBone Black and our 3D printer. Hi there. Um, so... This is this is the BeagleBone Black. It's an open hardware uh, computer that's running Linux. Um, we ship with on, on the Flash. We ship with Debian Weezy um, and a, a web-based interface that you can get into these and, and programming. And what we've got here is it's it's actually being used to control a a 3D printer. Um, so we're using the software called Machine Kit, which is a fork of Linux a CNC. Um, and there's a, a distro built for the, for the BeagleBone Black and, and a bunch of the different add-on boards that you can use to drive the stepper motors. Um, so this is actually a, the printer itself is running Linux. Um, and that's kind of cool because um, it gives you a lot of other capabilities for doing things like hooking up on the network. You know, this is actually a remoted X display. Um, so this program is an X program that's actually running um, on the, the, the printer itself. Let's um, you use all the high-level interfaces of, of Linux, like the USB interfaces and the network interfaces. It allows you to do things like putting Python scripts and other things like that directly um, onto the, the printer itself. Uh, do, you, do you use any other open-source uh, hardware besides BeagleBone? Like, what does that compare to, like, the Raspberry Pi? Or do we well, the, the, the learning curve and stuff like that? Yeah, um, 
so like a, the, the Raspberry Pi is also running Linux, so you can a lot of similarities there, but the, the Raspberry Pi itself isn't open hardware. Um, so the BeagleBone Black is open hardware where people can actually uh, take the design and, and modify the design. They can get a hold of all the parts uh, and, and learning one um, and actually potentially make their own. In fact, people have done that where they've taken all the electronics that are on a BeagleBone Black and made like single board 3D printer controllers. It was recently a successful Kickstarter for one of those. Um, so that's something that makes it different. Um, so it's more like a Raspberry Pi than an Arduino, um, like a traditional Arduino, but um, like an Arduino, it does have a lot of other hardware devices. Like a Raspberry Pi doesn't have as much I.O. capabilities as what you have on a BeagleBone Black. So we've got just 65 digital I.O.s, there's seven analog inputs, there's hardware, hardware pulse width modulators, and most importantly, it's got a couple of microcontrollers in there. Um, and that's a lot of what makes enables doing some of this stuff in real time. This is a combination of the Xenomai uh, real-time kernel running um, with Linux, and then these microcontrollers actually feeding all the stepper motor pulses um, to, the, to, to, the, to the motors, to the stepper motor controllers. Um, so having those all into, into one platform means I don't have to start adding external microcontrollers. They're actually already in there. Interface with. All right. Thank you for Category 5.tv. This is Dennis Kelly from uh, Southfield, Michigan. Thank you, Jason. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Dennis Kelly, thank you so much for sending that in. Also, thanks to Beverly as well uh, for holding the camera and taking care of that for us. Um, so as uh, Dennis said, uh, they were at PenguinCon in Southfield, Michigan over the weekend. Had a nice time um, seeing kind of all the open source stuff that was, uh, that was shown there. Uh, and it's kind of a mix of a sci-fi slash open source Kind oh. of community. I think. I think what it boils down to is, I mean, you you figure, okay, if you're into open source, you're probably into Star Trek and and Doctor Who, and I don't know, it's just, it's so stereotyping, it just, right? A little bit. It's a little bit, but I guess it works. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sending that in, and and certainly cool to to hear a little bit more about the Arduino Black. Uh, we have those available uh, if you go through. Uh, our affiliate links for Amazon, go over to category5.tv, click on support the show and then affiliate links, and you'll be able to support us by clicking on one of the Amazon links and actually uh, uh, purchase through that. Mm-hmm. That would be great. All the cool, cool people are doing it. All the cool people. And thanks to those who have contributed to the show, uh, especially right now, we're really, really working to, I don't know if you realize, we have now had the studio for about 10 months. Right. It's hard to believe. So we're coming up on the end of our lease. And so it's a very exciting and uh, it, it's a really exciting time because we're, grow- we've, we, we're growing as much as we can within the next two months. So that means new shows on Category 5 TV network. It means um, the upgrades inevitably to our camera system. Uh, we're really, really working on that. We, we're doing the stepping stone thing that I've previously explained. And, uh, and Adam is actually uh, working with another D5100 tonight. And we're shooting some backstage video that you'll see uh, on Backstage Pass if you're subscribing to that. Uh, you'll also see that on Roku under special features under Backstage Pass. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but inevitably, we're hoping to get a 4K studio camera to replace the one that we're on right now. And when we can do that, uh, we'll be able to shoot some really great video. Mm-hmm. But we'll be able to move around in, pardon me, in the shot digitally using Telestream Wirecast, which is a beautiful be uh, awesome. way to be able to do it. So. so thank you for your donations. Thank you so much. Because we are heading in that direction. We're well on our way. And yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a big process. But uh, if you'd like to actually contribute directly to the show, to the network now, um, to support what we're doing here, it's donate.category5.tv. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I promised we would get looking at WordPress. You're a WordPress yes. user. How's that going? It's going well-ish. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. I, I have great intentions and limited action. <laughs> <laughs> so I did update my blog a couple of weeks ago. And today I actually went on and moderated a couple of the comments and approved them, liked them. Didn't actually respond okay. back, but I should. Thank you for your awesome comments. This is her response. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do things in a rush, right? So I like sure. I have lists of things to do. WordPress works really well for me, mostly because of you. Thank you. Well, you've got a good, reliable host. I'm yes. biased because it's me. Yeah. I know. So. 
But what do you do if you don't have a reliable host? What do you do if your web host is giving you grief over your WordPress site because it's gotten so popular that suddenly it's maxing out the CPU on a shared hosting service? You know what I would do? What would you do? I would move. Where would you move? To yours. Throwing that on. (laughs) Cat5.tv slash dreamhost is a really great answer. Uh, Use the coupon code cat5tv. But enough sales pitchiness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fact is, is there are instances where you've got to move a, a WordPress blog and it can be complex because you've got the database, you've got the PHP files, you've got your uploads and you don't want to lose stuff. Right. That's key. You've been blogging. A lot of times people use WordPress and you create your blogs and you, you sit there and you, and you write it into the system and you get used to doing that and you, you realize that WordPress is extremely reliable. It saves drafts just like your word processor does. So if something goes wrong, you lose internet connectivity, you're not going to lose probably what what you're working on so that's cool Mm -hmm. what happens if you get a virus on your wordpress site and it corrupts data there's an exploit in uh, wordpress for just this week that was discovered and um, and revealed that um, uh, through commenting using a special string of javascript the user could obtain access to any of the files on your server And if that happens, now they can download your configuration file, which has the username and password for your database. So what would you do? As a user, you've got to protect yourself. Right. But if it's already happened, then you're, oh, no, what do I do? Your your host has probably shut down the website because it's been compromised. Right. Or worse yet, what if it's not your site? What if you're good and you upgrade and keep things up to date all the time and you're, you're using you know, smart practices when it comes to like, which plugins do I install? Like I do. Yeah, through <laughs> proxy. But I think we've, we fall into this trap of, oh, there's a great-looking plugin, install. Oh, there's a great-looking plugin, install. And you end up with all these plugins that you're not actually using, but they are on your WordPress site. Right. Even if you disable those, they're still, the files are still on your file system, and so they're still exploitable if somebody has, has the ability to exploit those. So you've got to be careful. But what happens in an environment where you've got a shared hosting provider and somebody else is running something that gets infected or um, compromised in some way that gives them access to your file system. That can be a mess too. Mm. So those, that's security-wise, you know, one of the reasons you might want to move hosts. Um, can you think of any other reasons? I mean, I think really if you grow to, the, to beyond the confines of your hosting package, that's right. a good reason to switch. If you're finding yeah. that maybe the cost is getting prohibitive uh, because your site is popular, maybe you've got lots of images. You, right. you know, you look at militarybruce.com, and Bruce has a wonderful site that is uh, military history, uh, abandoned bases in Canada. And he has so many pictures on there that he came to me and said, I, I need something that's bigger than my current hosting package because they keep charging, charging right. more or making it so I can't upload more because there yeah. are too many images on my website. So then you'd want to look for somebody who is more affordable and has a right. better package. Yeah, right? exactly. So. But what do you do in a case like that? Well, okay, I, I got these files. I've got a database. How do I move it without actually uh, losing some of my blogs and things like that, some of my images in a case <sighs> like that? Well, usually I would just ask you, and so we're mm. here. What would you do? That's, that's just what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there are two scenarios. First scenario, if you have administrative access to your blog. All right. So right. that's that's the scenario. You own the the site and you've got admin access. You can log in and you can install plugins and you can do things from the admin panel on WordPress. That's great. The other scenario is you don't actually have admin access. Maybe somebody else set up the blog for you and they're the administrator and you are simply an editor, mm-hmm. for example. And that's good security practice because the the fewer administrators that you have the safer you are from brute force attacks and things like that. Right. One of my customers didn't quite realize why they were an editor and not an administrator. And the fact is that if you um, are an administrator and you're logging into your website without a secure SSL certificate, you are basically transmitting your, your administrator username and password in a way that can be read by anyone. Okay. Right? So if you have an administrator account, for example, on your blog... Right. And you log in from an internet cafe to do a blog? Everybody. Anyone there 
if you are using the Wi-Fi at a coffee shop and you do that. Right. Anyone there can intercept that username and password. Anyone along the way somewhere else on the Internet could intercept that. And now they've got administrator access to your WordPress site. So that's a case where, okay, I don't have administrator access. What do I do then? Right. That's the second case scenario. So we're going to look at, uh, at both tonight. Uh, so we're going to start with the scenario where you, you don't actually have access to the administrator account. And that's fine. In that case, we're going to use something called FTP, File Transfer Protocol. So you get a program. You've probably dealt with FTP before. It's a, a reasonably old. She hasn't. <laughs> so if you're, if you're with her... That's cool. Um, so basically, oh, and I've just got to open a program on my computer so that I can send the, des- the desktop over to your screen at home. So if you're not an administrator, you can, still, you can still transfer it over and the administrator stays the same. Correct. But you, because That's you have it. access to the database at that point, you can in fact change the administrator user. Oh, okay. So you can set yourself up as an administrator. That's no problem. This is amazing. It's, it's not dark in here at all. It's super bright. My screen, I'm actually having trouble seeing my screen because there's so much sunlight coming in. And I only mention that because it's usually pitch black by the time we're doing a show. That's true. It feels like we're doing this at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yay, That's spring. Cool. Yes. Soon they'll Getting be warmer. Leaves. The snow melted yesterday. <laughs> Just. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, there'll be leaves on the trees and it'll block out the yeah. sun at some point. We'll be shady again. Can't wait. Can't wait. So right now I'm having I'm squinting on my screen here. So, okay. Uh, let's jump over to my demo system. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So demo.cat5.tv slash 017. This is the WordPress install that we did in order to test how to deploy a Word, uh, a WooCommerce um, shopping cart system. Right? So okay. cat5.tv slash 017 is a, a demo.cat5.tv slash 017 is a, uh, a WordPress installation. That's the one that we're going to pretend we're moving tonight. So because I have FTP access to it, I have access to the file system. I can download all of the files that have to do with that blog. Mm-hmm. But there's a problem. The files are strictly WordPress. The files are just the program that runs my blog. When I type a blog, it is not saved to files. Oh, It's saved to a database. Okay, so mm-hmm. the database is not accessible by file. It's not there. So you can look un- until you're, you're blue in the face and you're not going to find your database anywhere within the structure of this site. However, there is a file called wp-config.php. And I mentioned a little bit earlier about this exploit that came out this past week. Make sure you update your blogs if you haven't already. Um, and if somebody were to download your wp-config.php file, they would have your database username and password. Well, we're actually going to really do that tonight because we're the administrator. We've got FTP access. We're not doing something malicious. We want to move our website. So what I'm going to do is right-click on that file and choose edit. And that's, in fact, going to bring up that file, the database configuration which I'm having a great deal oh, of trouble Oh, it's super. Seeing. I'm even having a hard contrasty. time. Wow. Wow. You can... Super contrasty here. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just wait for the rest of the hour until the sun yeah, goes just, down. Yeah, just wait for this. Oh, is it behind a cloud? Is it getting behind a cloud? It's, it's, this is funny. Adam, I'm... could you hold like a piece of Bristol board up? <laughs> Wowzers. The sun. Okay. All right. So we've got the file open. I can bring it up on my screen for you. You can see it at home because you're not dealing with the contrast. You'll see there is a database name, there is a database user, and there is a database password and a database a database host. So the host name is where we're connecting to for our database. Then we've got the username and the password and the database name, of course. So with that information, we're now able to connect to that database and, and dump is what it's called, but basically export the MySQL stuff. So you have to have a tool in order to do that. We would need, for example, PHP MyAdmin installed on the server, which is what I'm going to use today. Uh, most web hosts are going to provide you with that, so just ask for PHP MyAdmin. If not, you can download it. It's a free download, and with this information, you'll be able to connect to your MySQL server. So I'm going to connect to that by going to that URL. So we're just going to bring up my web browser here. 
and connect to MySQL. Dot. I'm going to just change this just a little bit because I need a public address. There we go. So this is actually, now I'm attempting a connection to PHP MyAdmin. It's a web-based software that with the username and password, and sorry that I'm leaning in like this. It's, That's okay. Can you see how bright that sun is? Look at how, yeah, you're, <laughs> wow. You're looking amazing. extra glowy I'm gonna have to buy, today. Buy new drapes <laughs> for the studio for that window. Wow. <laughs> okay, so. amazing. I got the username, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> These are the things that you can't foresee, folks. I wonder, can you move the, the screen so that it's at a different angle to make it easier for yourself? I don't know that it would make a difference because there's my hand. See? Oh, yes. Well, it's, it's, it would have to be. <laughs> I'm reaching into fire. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, goodness. Okay. I've, I've copied the username. I've copied the password. And I'm pasting that stuff in. There we go. So now I should be able to connect in. You'll be able to see that at home. So I'm happy. Okay. So then on the left-hand side here, we see the database, de- demo.cat5, or demo cat 5 tv And you'll see in the database is all this WordPress stuff. Wowzers. Okay. So... If I were to log into my site, I would see that, you know, this is the actual content. So if I go down to uh, WP slash uh, blah, blah, blah posts, you'll see that this, if we browse, is actually, these are the posts on my website. So these are my blog entries. What I want to do is I want to go to the top level and do an export or a dump of the entire thing. So I'm clicking on export. And there are two things that I need to make sure of. One. I am exporting as an SQL file, and two, well, obviously, I just said it, I want to actually check off save as file, okay? So now once I've done that, I can hit go, and this is going to download a copy of my actual database. So this file here, somebody's casting shadows. (laughs) This file here, I'm going to open it with a Western character set, and you'll see that this is actually the database itself. So that's cool. All right, so we've got a a dump of our database. Now I can use FTP to download the entire website. Right. I've already saved a copy of my database locally, and now I can do whatever I want with it. I can set it up on another server, whatever I need to do. We're going to stop that aspect of the demonstration here because our next step is to say, okay, now, okay, what about the user who does have administrator access? Right. Because these two demonstrations are going to meet up because... Both of them are going to end up with the resulting all the FTP files, all of the database, for example. Would it be typical that somebody would actually have administrator access? I feel like most people that are doing something like a WordPress blog... Certainly if you would, administer it yourself. Yeah. Right. They would just be doing... How often do people seek help I think usually uh, it's only the security conscious who are going to have a, a lesser than administrator account as their own. For example, even if you mm-hmm. ran your own WordPress site and you didn't have me to administer it for you, for example. Um, and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you would do is you would actually create a secondary user and that's the one that you would blog as. So that that user that you are using from the Internet Cafe, from wherever, right. is not going to be an administrative user. Oh, that's smart. And then if you wanted to, you could once in a while rotate your users. You could delete one user and attribute its post to a different user. So you can, you can do that kind of thing. So it's, it's smart not to be the administrator. So in our case, I'm the administrator of the site. So we're going to actually log into the site and be able to, um, to make the changes that we need to do. (laughs) I love this right now. Adam's taping tea towels to the window right now. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> the sun will be down before he... Uh... <laughs> I need sunglasses, though. That would help. This is... Wow. Okay, so I'm going to go to demo.cat5.tv slash 017. And that's going to actually take me to uh, this this blog site that we're moving tonight. So I'm going to go to wp-admin well, wp-login.php that's the default login form for this uh, for WordPress and I'm going to enter my username and password. So here we go connecting okay. in 
And I am the administrator. How do you like that? Okay, so I'm in. I'm the admin account. We're good to go. So in this particular instance, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go plugins and add new. And we want to grab this really cool free product that is simply called Duplicator. Oh. Here it comes. So we're doing a quick search and the first option there. Make sure that this is the legit one that you're looking at. Good to go. Install now. They got a lot of positive How do you reviews, know? it looks like. How do you know if it's the right one? You don't. I mean, you, well, you do because this is, uh, you saw there who made it and everything like that. It's got all the positive reviews. It's not some shady thing trying to make itself look like Duplicator. So it would be obvious. It should be. I hope so. But okay. yeah, that's that's what we want anyway. So Duplicator, uh, that's the current version as of today. Uh, now I just want to activate the plugin. It's as okay. simple as that to install something on WordPress. Huh. But now that I've got Duplicator, I'm going to have a new menu item here that says simply Duplicator and go to Packages. And we're going to create a new package up at the top right there. Mm-hmm. And it's going to automatically give it a file name. And I can just hit next. All the defaults are probably just fine for you. And this is actually now going to scan through my entire website, make sure that you know there are no suggestions as far as, okay, we're using too much, uh, you know, whatever. It, it will mm-hmm. give you suggestions if they are needed. Um, it is warning me that I've got some large files. And that's okay. I don't mind. That's going to be 34.23 megabytes I'm good with that. So now that I'm ready, I'm going to hit build down at the bottom. And it begins to build a package. Now what this is doing is it's creating an actual archive of our entire website. And that includes not just the file system like we saw on FTP, but also the database like we saw on, uh, on the PHP MyAdmin. So that's going to take a couple minutes' time, Sasha, and I know you are itching to get over to the newsroom. I am. So uh, let's head over there. Maybe the sun will dim itself just a little bit in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we we invest in studio lights, folks? I'm getting a good tan tonight. Remember, Robbie, there used to be a basement? Yeah, we used to be in a basement. It was, we never, we never had this problem at Studio C, did we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Good times. Okay, off to the newsroom. Here is right. Sasha Dermatis. It's Tuesday, April 28, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Researchers have, found, have figured out a way to use the existing touchscreen of a smartphone to detect the person if the person answering the phone is you by the shape of your ear. An upgrade to UK's train system could open up the rail system to cyber attack. A bug present in around 1,500 iOS apps allows man-in-the-middle attacks to read your supposedly encrypted information while it's transmitted. A model of an X-Wing fighter flew into the stratosphere thanks to two amateur astronomers. And want instant performance boost for your computer? HyperX has unveiled their super-fast, super-reliable Savage SSD lineup. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Tonight we're talking a lot about website hosting, and if you'd like some cheap hosting that is going to be nice and reliable for you and support Category 5 TV Network at the same time, make sure you check out cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Use the coupon code cat5tv, and for only $70 a year, you're going to get a free domain registration or renewal. As well, you're going to get unlimited hosting service, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited email accounts, unlimited blah, blah, blah. It's fantastic. More than you're paying for. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Use the coupon code CAT5TV. Back to the newsroom. Here's Sasha. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. What if your phone could let you, and only you, answer an incoming call? No thumbprint, pin, or swipe gesture required. Instead of a finger, it'd gauge the shape of your ear. Instead of a fingerprint sensor, it'd use the touchscreen your phone already has built in. That's the idea behind BodyPrint, a new concept out of Yahoo's research labs. The obvious fear is that such a a mechanism wouldn't be accurate enough, thereby allowing people with vaguely similar ears past the lock screen. However, the authors of the paper are claiming that it only let the right person in... Yeah, it only let the right person in 99.52% of the time. 
the catch. It does so by also turning the right person away fairly frequently. The algorithm errs on the side of caution, pinning the false rejection rate at 26.82%. If your phone turned you away roughly a quarter of the time you tried to answer the call, you might just throw that phone against the wall. That said, these are the early days for the concept. Smartphone fingerprint readers were awful for years, and they've gotten pretty good at this point. I don't know, Robbie. I know you're on the camera end of things, but (laughs) I don't know whether or not I would like this technology personally, because I never answer my phone to my face anyway. I always put it on speakerphone. (laughs) So now I would be stuck putting my phone against my head. Yeah, and you'd have the... I don't know if you're if you're working out or whatever. Well, slow shift. Sorry. Um, if you're working out or something and you answer the phone and you need to do that in order to answer your phone, I could just imagine that would be kind of annoying mm-hmm. for sure. And then, interesting that they can get enough resolution out of it though to be able to do that. I think that is kind of cool. Yeah, it, it's it is a really neat idea. I don't personally think I would love it. A high-tech signaling system that will eventually control all of Britain's trains could potentially be hacked to cause a serious crash, according to a scientist who advises the government. Professor David Stuples warns that plans to replace aging signal lights with new computers could leave the rail network exposed to cyber attacks. UK tests of the European Rail Traffic Management System are underway. Network Rail, which is in charge of the upgrade, acknowledges the threat, saying... We know that, that the risk will increase as we continue to roll out digital technology across the network. We work closely with government, the security services, our partners and suppliers in the rail industry, and external cybersecurity specialists to understand the threat to our systems and make sure we have the right controls in place. Once the ERTMS is up and running, computers will dictate critical safety information, including how fast the trains should go and how long it will take for them to stop. It is scheduled to take command of trains in some of the UK's busy intercity routes by the 2020s. So I think, Robbie, that there's oftentimes um, train derailments and crashes because there isn't enough information about how long it takes for a train to stop, depending on the speed it goes. So mm-hmm. this is actually like it's a great idea if it goes right. The yeah. idea of it being hacked means that it could be the worst disaster ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that that would be the fear is now that it could be hackable. Mm-hmm. That's where the fear lies. But you think about all of the stuff that uh, that is hackable, and you know the talk of airplanes, for example, as of late. Um, people, you know, making note, making a comment that, oh, I could hack the airplane system and then being forbidden to fly. Right. Well, it's not that they did, but they said they could. And to be able to is almost a, a threat in and of itself. Right. But anything that is that sort of sort of technologically thing where you're, it's programmed, it's I guess people are communicating with it. Isn't that always hackable? It, I feel when it's like, it, when it's connected to the web, yeah, it's. I feel like there isn't a way to be one hundred percent foolproof, right? No, I think you're right. There is no way to be foolproof, to be absolutely one hundred percent safe from uh, an attack on a connected infrastructure, and that's why you know nuclear facilities and things should not be connected to the internet. Right. But as soon as they are, they become vulnerable to the fact that somebody could attack them. Right. And that's where, where, you know, you're better just to disconnect. You're really better just to disconnect. Mm-hmm. So this, it'll be interesting to see how this goes and how mm-hmm. they have security for the trains. About 1,500 iPhones and iPad apps containing an HTTPS crippling vulnerability that makes it easy for attackers to intercept encrypted passwords, bank accounts, bank account numbers, and other highly sensitive information. An estimated 2 million people have installed the vulnerable apps, which include the Citrix Open Voice Audio Conferencing, the Alibaba.com mobile app, Movies by Flickster with Rotten Tomatoes, KY Bank Agent 3.0, and Revo Restaurant Point of Sale, according to analytics service Source DNA. The weakness is the result of a bug in an older version of AF Networking, an open source code library that allows developers to add networking capabilities into their apps. 
Although AF networking maintainers fixed the flaw three weeks ago, at least 1,500 iOS apps remain vulnerable because they still use a version which was released in January and introduced the HTTPS crippling flaw. To exploit the bug, attackers on the same Wi-Fi network as a vulnerable device need only present it with a fraudulent SSL certificate. Under normal conditions, the credential would immediately be detected as counterfeit and the connection would be dropped. But because of a logic error in the code, the validation check is never carried out, so the fraudulent certificates are fully trusted. Hmm. Source DNA has kept the list of vulnerable apps private to prevent real-world attacks. The company has now unveiled a search tool that lets end users check if specific apps they use are vulnerable. The tool will be updated regularly to remove apps that are fixed and add apps that become vulnerable. You'll find this tool at searchlight.sourcedna.com. iOS users should spend a few minutes to check if any of the apps they use are among those to be found vulnerable. That's really scary, Robbie. Certainly. I think also so, you mentioned that they're going to be removing apps as they are found to be fixed. Right. Well, if you don't update your phone on a regular basis, just because they've removed them from the list doesn't necessarily mean that you are patched because you have to run those updates. You have to make sure that you're running the latest version of the application so that you get those fixes. Um, to explain what an HTTPS vulnerability like that is, let's say let's use the coffee shop example again because uh, it works. Yes. So you're in a coffee shop, you're using the Wi-Fi, you've got your phone, and you're checking Facebook. Now, Facebook is going to connect over HTTPS. That's a secure SSL encrypted connection. So anyone intercepting that data is only going to see gibberish. So if that was compromised and the what you are trusting to be an encrypted connection is now plain text and readable by anyone who is sitting in that coffee shop on the same Wi-Fi network, now all of a sudden you are entirely vulnerable. Because as soon as they get their your Facebook password, now they can log in as you. They can change your password to lock you out. Mm-hmm. It gets scarier than that, though. Right. What's, what's the other thing that you're going to do on your phone if you're sitting in a coffee shop? I'm going to do my online banking. You're going to do that, but that that seems pretty obvious. That oh well, somebody's going to get your online banking password. But what happens if you check your email? Right. You get now you've sub, you've submitted to the server as I hit send and receive or whatever uh, my username and password and mail server. So somebody sitting there can read that information and now they have it. Okay. Right. No big deal. It's only my email. But online banking forgot password guess what happens when you click forgot password and it sends an email mm-hmm. to your master email account which you just gave to somebody so now all of a sudden you've got this uh, this major compromise they change your username uh, your password on your email and now they've taken control mm-hmm. so that that is a very serious vulnerability it's important that you update your phone right immediately just because something is easy to use doesn't necessarily mean it's secure, right? Really, you, people get complacent and they trust their phone yeah. because it never leaves their person, right? Like it's in my pocket and it's in my purse. But really, I mean, it's connected to everything. So I have to be sure to update everything. Yep. All right. Great Star Trek news. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. Oh, She's what? just about to read a story about an X-Wing fighter. Oh, Star Wars. Oh, whoopsie. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. We're going to uh, siphon your thing. hate mail to Sasha at Category5.tv. Okay. Here's the thing. I love them both so much. That, that you made that like, mistake. Well, that it's like, you know, when you call your children their, each other's names and you go down the list because all of them are your favorite equally. See? Never happens. You never call your kids the other kid's name ever. Hmm? Just two amateur. I'm so angry right now. Just do the story. <laughs> <laughs> two amateur astronomers have launched a model of a Star Wars X-wing vehicle into the Thank stratosphere. You. The pair hope to attract the attention of Star Wars, The Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams, with their effort. The model was attached to a weather balloon that ascended to around. 118,000 feet before bursting and returning to Earth. The mission took around six months to complete and cost around 1,200 pounds. 
Ravi, how exciting is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 1,200 pounds. That's a lot of cash for a fun time. Did it stay up in Could the air? Is that what happened? Does it stay up for six months? Did it actually take that long to get up there, Sasha? Or is it the build included in the six months? I'd like to know. Like, how long were they building it, and then it launched and came right back down? I maybe it just took six months altogether. It couldn't have taken six months to get up there, and there's no way that their action cam, like they they must have been able to push record, send it up, and it takes you know that takes twenty minutes kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Six months to build and deploy, maybe, it and test. Fab- it looks fabulous, Pretty and it's neat. from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Kingston subsidiary HyperX has announced the arrival of its Savage SSD for the premium and gaming laptop market. The SATA 3 solid-state disk drive is based on the Fizen S10 quad-core 8-channel controller, making it capable of 560 megabytes per second read speed and 530 megabytes per second write. Nice. Individual operation per second clock in at up to 100,000 read and 89,000 write with a life expectancy of 1 million hours between failures. Available in capacities of 120 gigabytes to 960 gigabytes, the drive includes a three-year warranty with tech support and starts at under $100. Get yours by visiting cat5.tv slash savage. We use a savage thingamer bobber. <laughs> Not savage. HyperX. Uh, HyperX. We do have okay. HyperX drives in our server because they run. Uh, I pulled the box out yes. actually because I, I heard you were going to be doing this story. This is like the drive. This is the drive that we're recording to right now on Wirecast. And this is the HyperX uh, 3K, and it's 510 megabytes per second. So it's pretty screaming fast as well. Yeah. 530, though, is pretty unheard of for writes. When you're doing broadcasting, it's important to make sure that you're able to write at extreme speeds. But I guess for gaming, it could be good. Certainly video production. That's well. exciting. Awesome mm. news. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. People in the chat room saying, Savage? Yeah, cat5.tv slash savage to check out this drive. Screaming fast, and it's actually really reasonably priced. Boy, oh boy, SSDs have come down a lot over the past couple of years. That's right. It's amazing. Check it out. All right. Ready for it? Yes. Okay. Back to WordPress. We're looking at how to export this now. If everything went well, and it looks like it did, Sasha, look at this. Okay, I'm just going to switch over to my computer screen here for you so that you can see what's going on. There we go. Okay, so we've got our first package ready to go. We've got installer which is a automated installer that we can move over to another server. How brilliant is that? Or there's the archive. I'm going to click on the archive just because I want to show you the difference here between, uh, well, basically I want to show you the similarity between the FTP versus this version. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that as I brought up this archive, didn't take long on this site because it's just a demo site, uh, it came with everything. So there's the same file structure that it had on, uh, on FTP. So you'll see that if I look at FTP, it's the same folder structure, but this is the zip file that I just downloaded to my computer. And this, of course, is coming from Duplicator, a free plugin available for you on WordPress. So now you'll see that there is also a file called database.sql, and that file is, in fact, the same kind of thing as what we had manually dumped from phpMyAdmin. So if I open that, there it is. It's different, you know, it's generated by a different program, but it's the same data. So it contains my entire database. So now I've got to upload the files to my new server and import my database. It's it's literally that easy. So you need to have a PHP server, uh, you know, be it Apache or whatever. This is the language that WordPress is written in. Any web host, including cat5.tv slash dreamhost, is going to provide you with PHP. So you're, you're golden. So you just need to have PHP mm-hmm. and a database. So that's right. MySQL, MariaDB, uh, a MySQL compatible So database. what is SQL? Squill. Squ- okay. Uh, it's a databasing um, engine. 
Oh, okay. I guess you would call I've it. I've just never heard of I'm it before. I'm not too up on the databasing stuff. But you I know, program yes. it, but I don't. I don't administer it quite as much. But yeah, it's a it's a, a means of hosting a database. Oh, okay. So that it, it's well, it's a lot faster than using files. Oh. So if if I were to save a blog, for example, to a file, it has to load that file from the file system. And uh, databases are are optimized to be super fast. So they're and more dynamic. Sort of. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. also caching plays into it as well. So, um, for example, if I load a blog page, it's already loaded into memory on the server using, you know, whether it be, I don't know if Varnish D does, uh, does MySQL or, or what, but it is some form of caching that would serve it up from memory as opposed to having to load it from the hard drive. So it makes it fast. Thank you, DJ Quad. Stands for you- Structured Query Language. Squill. 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 Thank you. Thanks, DJ. Also. Yeah, all right. For my long-winded <laughs> <laughs> explanation. Okay, so I've got the files. I'm going to extract these to my computer, just kind of a, you know, control A, extract, throw them on my desktop, make a folder, call it my site. Okay, a couple things that you need to, I'm going to go all files, check that out. Okay, really, really important. You'll notice that this is the file system. However, it does contain database.sql. You definitely want to delete that from this folder, move it somewhere else. Do not upload that to the base of your new website because that contains your Important site in things. plain text and, and um, the actual user table, which you know is kind of you know obfuscated a little bit but mm-hmm. y- you don't want to have that publicly accessible so do not upload that but everything else so you can do a control a and then hold control and unselect database.sql you are not going to upload that to your server okay so let's build a new full i'm going to create a new folder because we for the the nature of our show i just have a demo server that i i can drag and drop stuff onto and so I've created a new folder called 022. That's where we're going to put it on demo.cat5.tv. But for all essences, that is a new server. It could be anywhere. Okay. It could be our, our hosting provider. It could be your own co-located box. It could be a, a Debian computer running Apache and PHP sitting in a closet in your house. Could be. It doesn't matter. As <laughs> we're, we're going to show you, and it's, it's all the same. So this is where the, t- the two scenarios intercept, because whether I downloaded the files by FTP and manually dumped the SQL, or whether I use Duplicator in order to obtain those files and extract them from a zip file, I end up with the same files and a database dump. So this is where everything is the same. So now on my new server, in our case, demo.cat5.tv slash 022, I'm going to take those files, and again, I'm leaving database.sql behind, and I'm going to upload those. Here it goes. Zippity-doo-dah. You get to see how our LTE service performs with thousands of files being uploaded. So one of the things that we need to note is that our WP config Mm -hmm. is still configured based on the old server. So we need to actually open that file and make changes. Now, of course, I'm not going to do this while it's uploading because it's going to overwrite my changes. Uh, once it's uploaded, though, we're going to make changes. So let's grab that file off of the server and edit it directly, for example. I could have done this before uploading, and that would have saved some uh, some explanation. But basically, I want to edit the wp-config.php file as it is going to be on the server because it's connecting to the old database. Cool? Yes. Clear. Am Got I, it. Am I totally geeking out? A little bit geeking. A little bit geeking? I think everybody else understands. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to grab a new database here. All right. So I've created a new database. Grabbing a database. Yep. Okay. So we've got... I'm going to edit the file on the server, right-click, edit. I'm using, oh, it's already being transferred, so it's at the bottom of my queue here. Oh, I should have edited it first. Why don't I just edit it locally? And then we'll upload it again and overwrite, okay? So my DB user, I'm going to delete that one. I'm going to delete the password, and I'm going to delete the host name because the host name will have changed. So my new oh, and the DB name is also different. So now I've basically cleared out the old settings so that I can add the new database settings. 
So I'm going to grab that. Da -da. I'm just copying them here. Well, I can bring them up on the screen. Just want to make sure that there's no viewer information that's revealed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's my server name, mysql.cat5.tv in my case. So dbhost, that's what it is. There. Oh, make sure you don't have that trailing space. Okay, username and database, I created it the same. Database name, get rid of the trailing space. Database username, same thing. And my crazy password, paste that in. There we go, get rid of the trailing space. And now save that file. So you'll see now I've edited my wp-config file to connect to the new database. Let's see how our upload is going. Still going away. Working, working, working. Okay, so now I'm going to connect to my PHP MyAdmin on that on the new server. Okay, now I'm still connected to the old one. I'm going to just log out here. Here we go. Okay, so now it's prompting me for the the new username and password. So we're going to grab our username. Remember, I'm on a new server here. Right. Okay, and the password. It's a great strong password you've got there. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, demo WP mover. See that? That's the database that we're in, and that's the one that we configured in our WP config. Demo WP mover. Okay. So now, back at PHP MyAdmin, you'll notice that now we're dealing with what? An empty database. There's nothing there. Right. So WordPress won't be able to connect. It won't be able to do anything. It, it will ask you if you want to install if you opened your new website, but you don't want to do that because if you do, you're going to basically create a new WordPress installation. And that's not and what you want at you're all. You're going to lose your blogs and everything else, right? So before we do that, we want to import. And then we're going to browse to our file. Now, if you, were, if you created this yourself, um, it, it would be the the MySQL dump file that you downloaded uh, from PHP MyAdmin or whatever. In our case, for this, we are using um, the database.sql from Duplicator. So I'm going to browse to that. And you've noticed that it's asking again in this oh, SQL okay. file. SQL compatibility mode, leave everything as is unless you have a problem. Character set UTF-8 is the default, which is good. That means it's going to support high characters and things like that. So now I've hit go and it says, please be patient. The file is being uploaded and import has been successfully finished. And you notice at the left-hand side, we've got all the same stuff. And if I go to my WP posts, right. I see when I browse, oh. there are all my blog entries. Okay. So the database has now been prepared. The files are en route to the server. And I've modified the WP config file in order to connect to the new database server. These are all necessary steps. But you see, it was actually pretty easy because as soon as this upload is done, and it's going to take probably more time than we have tonight. It's a big lot of files, that WordPress. <laughs> but once it's uploaded, everything will be able to connect. You can see it yourself, demo.cat5.tv slash 022, and you'll be able to see that. Super smooth and easy. It was pretty easy, wasn't it? If you were to follow along. Like, if I were to follow along with what you did, mm -hmm. I would have to pause a lot That's fine. in the show. You can I could rewind. Do it. I could do this. Play it in slow motion. I could do this. could do that? Slowly. All right. <laughs> well done. Thanks, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed. Don't forget, make sure you check out our hosting uh, partnership with DreamHost, cat5.tv slash DreamHost, and use the coupon code cat5tv. And they host WordPress sites just like crazy. Make it nice and easy for you. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. I am I know the question. Do you have time for a question? Why, I yes. Know. Why, yes, you do. Six yeah. minutes. Let's do this. Now, I've been meaning to ask this a zillion weeks in a row. Maybe four weeks in a row. Okay. Ice Dove. Ice Dove we use now. A zillion. Oh, uh, Ice Dove. Yeah, sure. We oh, because you're on Debian. Use... Oh, is we that used... new? Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. Ice... Ice... We didn't used to use Ice Dove. You were on Thunderbird. Yes. Same thing. It's not the same thing. It's similar. <laughs> okay, so Thunderbird is uh, uh, is owned by Mozilla. Okay. Right? 
It's open source software. However, the logos and the name are trademarked. Okay. So Debian being open source said, okay, well, we can use the software because it's open source. We can't use the name or the trademark. Oh, right? so it's the same. It's the same, only different. Nice. So they call it Ice Dove. And similarly, uh, Firefox right. is Ice Weasel. Oh, <laughs> got it. Why didn't they say That's Badger? That's Linux for you. Just I to make like people... they would say Ice Badger. Badger would be better. Yeah. Just say Maybe it just sounded like, you know, badgers are kind of mean They're, little critters. They are mean little critters. Yeah. They're awesome. <laughs> okay. So I have a question about learning PHP. Great. From... Andrew Jameson. Hey, Andrew. He thinks he's already asked this question. Oh, has he? Well. Okay. I will answer it a second time, only better. (laughs) Hi, Robbie and gang. First off, thank you for your suggestion about using switch case a few weeks ago. This works much better than trying to use if, then statements for loading different sections on my site. Yeah, sure. All right. I currently use an IDE for my PHP scripts, one that uses extensions that can ask you for specific information then customize and insert PHP code in parts of your document for you. This, as you can imagine, makes development easier, but is not really helpful in learning PHP. Mm. I don't know how to to do anything in PHP yet. Coming from someone who makes their living coding PHP like you do, Robbie, is there a good method I can use that will help me to learn to code on my own? This is my same question. My goal Mm. is to start using Dreamweaver as more of a coding environment it has built-in syntax error checking, which makes it easier from a testing perspective. However, it feels the way I am using it now to be more of a crutch. I do love Dreamweaver and its simplicity and the fact that I can jump easily from coding ASP pages to PHP pages like JavaScript with little to no configuration changes. However, it can be limiting in what it allows me to learn. The alternative, which is using Notepad or the like, is daunting as it does not color code elements in scripts or point out syntax Uh, errors. Therefore, if I plan to learn code, I would need to do it in Dreamweaver or something similar and just not use the shortcut tools. I hope my question makes sense and that I did not ramble too much. All right. Well, (laughs) thanks, Andrew. Um, I like Andrew. Mastermind ZH showed me... Pardon, pardon me. It showed me, uh, introduced me to Genie. And Genie works on Linux, it works on Mac, and it works on Windows. And I think it's a, a pretty nice little IDE. Uh, I'm not a what-you-see-is-what-you-get kind of guy. I like to work with text editors. You see that I use Pluma on my system. Um, at the office, though, I do use Genie. And I've pretty much exclusively have been using that for about a year now, I suppose. Um, Genie, like Pluma... Uh, highlights and and colorizes so that when you're typing in code you can kind of get a sense if you've made a syntax error because it will colorize it in such a way that you see oh I missed a closing bracket for example okay so it had a trailing space yeah well just to show you here for example so say here with this thing in PHP let's say I missed something over the colors are off because I forgot the apostrophe the bracket and the semicolon and the slash star oh i must have missed some i don't know what i deleted but you you get the idea you see what i mean yeah so you know those go dark because they're comments well if i'm missing the opening comment it colorizes it in such a way that i go oh i forgot to do that so this is similar to like a autocorrect like the underline of the red underline in a document file right it doesn't check your syntax that much that it would know if you typoed something like a function name or something along those lines. Okay. You've still got to be, you know, smart about that. Syntax checking, though, when you run the program for the first time, it will tell you, you know, there's an error on line 69, for Okay. Example. So that helps as well. But it, it really just helps give you a visual as opposed to everything just being a jumble of text. Right. So it breaks things up. So that'll help just step you mm-hmm. along. So check out Genie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bring up uh, their website real quick. I think it's a, a really great application, and it's not what I'm using here, but it is what I use professionally. Okay. Let's see. And it's spelt a little different. G-E-A-N-Y. That's not a little different. That's all the way different. All the way different. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Genie. Here we go. There you go. So grab it. Download it. Give it a try. All right, Andrew? And see how you like it. Let us know. Uh, download links are around here somewhere. Oh, there you go. Releases. 
and there you go. So you've got source distribution, Windows binaries. Uh, I thought that there was a Mac binary as well. Doesn't look like there is. Oh, it's asking me if I want to upload my WP config. We'll do that. Okay. And that means that my site should now be online. Uh, Demo.cat5.tv slash 022. There you go. <laughs> Done. It worked. Yeah. We moved. We successfully moved a WordPress blog while blabbing on about other stuff. He moved it. I blabbed. That's it. You could have done it. I could have Next done it. Next time you'll do it. In slow motion. Yeah. I'm going to learn PHP. That'd be awesome. And that other one. You take over my job. <laughs> do all the programming and everything. I will. That'd be good. One day. Yeah. All right. You have a fantastic week. I can't believe we're out of time already. It flies by, doesn't it? But it's uh, been a lot of fun having you here. Sasha, thanks for coming on and wearing two hats tonight. Always Thank a pleasure. You. And uh, Adam, thanks for doing camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, have a great week, everybody. See you next Tuesday night. That's right. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 